Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is about the film I Know Where I'm Going. A stop-off in Oban on the way to Collinsey, and with eating notes from a stop-off in Glasgow. I don't know where I'm going. In Oban, a cancelled ferry. It had to be. No passage to Collinsey today. Not weather, though, but crew illness. In the film I Know Where I'm Going, the heroine Joan Webster gets caught up by a storm that means she cannot get the boat to an island in the Hebrides called Kiloran. In reality, the name of a village on Collinsey. Joan takes a sleeper train from London intent on marrying an older industrialist who has rented the island. She shouts out of the window to her middle-class bank manager father as the train departs. And darling, don't worry about me. I know where I'm going. The train speeds up the country, efficient and keeping to a printed itinerary that Joan is handed by an employee of her fiancé. Joan likes the certainty promised by great wealth, which means employees are always everywhere to remember her drinks order, gin and de bonnet, and carry her luggage and remind her when to wake up. Her father says, You can't marry consolidated chemical industries, to which she replies, defiant, Can't I? As the train powers through the landscape, Joan wishes for a smooth passage to her husband, Horde. She has no mother, so perhaps she takes after her bank manager father in her choice. However, off the train, Joan is tripped up by the weather and her unplanned fancy for the poorer but, quote, true Laird of Kiloran, played by the singular and alluring Roger Livesey. Attempting to escape her feelings, Joan pleads with the ferryman to take her, despite oncoming storms, but he will not. In her desperation, she pays a poor younger man to take her, offering enough money that he can afford to marry the ferryman's daughter. Everyone becomes a potential employee to get Joan what she wants. However, the storm sends the boat into the Corryfrecken, which is in reality the largest, third largest whirlpool in the world. And they all almost drown and return to shore. We strained to see evidence of the Corryfrecken whirlpool on the nautical charts on a phone as we waited in Oban. But it just said, dangerous tidal flows. Water meets water at different heights between two islands that the ferry would pass by when we eventually caught it. How big was the ferry? Could we pass by safely? In the film, the whirlpool catches Joan and spins her round to face her desires. Despite the political undertones of Joan's instinctive preference for the, quote, real laird as opposed to a, quote, fake one, the lesson to pay attention to the weather and to love is romantic, if difficult to follow. And no amount of money could have prevented the storm or calmed the Corryfrecken. Unlike Joan, however, we did not have a beautiful woman called Katrina in a crumbling house 
with a large Irish deerhound to put us up while we waited overnight for the next ferry, and were relieved that Calmac ferries provided money for a hotel and a meal. The Columba Hotel did have the Gothic atmosphere of the film, though. Built in dark granite in the late Victorian period, with a creaking antique lift that shut you in with a cage-like mechanical gate. In place of the Cayley in the film, where local residents dance and sing to celebrate the wedding anniversary of an elderly couple, our hotel room was next to a pub with an amped-up band playing pop-rock hits into the night. However, we did have a heap of the smallest, freshest mussels cooked with wine and shallots on a gas hob set up on the quay next to the ferry by a flirtatious man in wellies and shorts and leather cowboy hat for £4.50, and longestines in garlic butter and a very good prawn sandwich made with wholemeal kingsmill bread and local prawns and a cup of tea. Also some oysters, though I should have heeded my knowledge that it was spawning season. They were too large and lacked the enlivening freshness of UK oysters between September and April. And Sam did see a golden eagle when we eventually arrived on the island of Collinsey. Although unlike the one in the film, it was not trained or called Torquil after the laird Torquil MacNeil, whose equivalent we did not meet or fall in love with. When we finally took the ferry to Collinsey, it was very windy with quite big seas and the vibrations that ran through the vessel set off all the car alarms on board and they sung in a deranged chorus as if saying, danger, the sirens are on the boat. And I felt seasick and ate biscuits and crisps and drank tea to help with it and was reminded of how at sea it is acutely evident how provisioning or having the right type and amount of food is a matter of safety. Like Joan Webster, I found that pausing on a journey can introduce unforeseen pleasures. Thanks to generous people on Twitter and local friends, I had lots of places to try in Glasgow en route to Oban and look forward to returning in September when I will do an event for my book at my friend Katia's shop, Mount Florida Books. Eating Notes we took a train from Glasgow to visit Sam's best friend, Ben, who took us on a walking tour of as many Edinburgh bookshops as we could fit into one afternoon. A few doors down from the beautiful Lighthouse Books was an ice cream and sweetie shop, and I bought a Tunnock's Tea Cake milkshake, which was appropriately like a biscuity chocolate milkshake. Among the excellent bookshops we visited were Edinburgh Books, McNaughton's, where Ben works, and where he showed me some amazing antiquarian cookery books, Typewronger books, Argonaut books, Toppings, and Lighthouse books. Apart from mussels, possibly the best thing I ate on the trip was a samosa salad from Shandar Sweets and Pan House on Albert Drive in Glasgow. It is a chopped up and heated samosa in a box, garnished with pieces of potato, chickpeas, mild raw onion and cucumber, and then ladlefuls of various dressings, tamarind, chilli and yoghurt. 
we walked around the block and sat on a park bench in a large square that served the tenement flats that surrounded it and anyone passing by. There was a playground and a grassy area and a basketball court. The samosa salad was an unprecedented encounter with sogginess as a desirable texture. A salad that is both fried and very wet. For me, an unforeseen pleasure. The deep fried pastry and spiced filling gave the dish depth. But it was also comfortingly soft and easy to eat and made exciting on the palate by the combination of sour, hot and cool dressings. After a visit to Good Press Books in Glasgow, which has the most divine and comprehensive selection of zines, pamphlets, art books, small press, self and independently published books ever, we went round the corner to Outlier for lunch. It is a very beautiful space with wooden floors and 19th century structural steel pillars and people rolling out pastries on a big table. There was also a rack of aubergines ready to be fried, one component of the parmigiana sandwich that we shared, consisting of generous slices of breaded fried aubergine, tomato sauce, basil leaves, mozzarella and ricotta in a soft, fresh ciabatta that had been baked in-house. Superb! In addition, we shared a chicken parmo sandwich, which, while good, was dominated by bacon jam. Also, a house-made apricot and elderflower cooler drink. I was sorry not to have enough appetite left for one of their pastries. I subsequently had another version of aubergine parmigiana roll at Pret-a-Manger near the British Library, but the aubergine in that one was woefully undercooked. Really good pizzas and salad and fried peppers with BYOB and heavy metal music at Errol's Hot Pizza near a friend's art gallery. I ordered a margarita. We all shared different pizzas, but agreed that the margarita was the best. A smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel, a dill, potato and cabbage roll, and coffee to fuel the drive to Oban, as well as several loaves of bread to take to Colonsey, from Deanston Bakery in Glasgow. The dill and cabbage roll was a stroke of genius. Also, delicious meals made by friends, like Matt's jerk chicken, Phil's figs, Rachel's Persian chicken and rice, Kate's oat milk latte, beers drunk with Katia in her bookshop, and also a Lebanese takeaway. Thanks for listening.